Hey, Dave. How are you doing? Speaking of Peter Dutton, how about that politics, huh? That is some topic. We are, so we're in the heartland of where Peter Dutton said the African gangs are happening. Oh, right. Uh, Footscray, yep. Mr. West. Uh, it does seem very unlike, ungang-like right now. It does. I'm I mean, do- it might not be the first haunt for any gangs. Yeah. But Did you get any trouble on the way here? No. I know gangs like to travel by by train, I assume. Yeah. Um, I didn't the see warriors. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, we're at Mr. West. It's Mr. West's first birthday. And we were looking for somewhere to record and we looked at their tap list and thought, that's probably a pretty good place. Yeah. Uh, we've both got a pint of Garage Project beer. Sure. Uh, $9 No pints. surprise Delicious. that we enjoy that. What else have we got? You grabbed a couple of treats. Yeah, well. we also have um, a Wildflower Keener's Mustard. I don't know how he describes that beer, but it's just like a obviously a wild amber sort of, well, golden amber maybe, would yeah, you call yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. It's probably on a, on a list here somewhere. I'm sure it is. If you've got a, I think there's a menu over there, is there? Yep. Uh, and the other one I got was the uh, Halatower Feijoa Sour on Nitro, which is fine. Five grain wild ale. Five grain wild ale. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and that sort of I've got it might be my first sour beer on Nitro. It's an interesting sort of um, not as thick as I anticipated. No. I've had a couple. I've had like while well, uh, last I ended one. Right. With um, it was like a dark one though. Yeah, okay, that might make a bit more I don't Dark know. Coffee. But um, yeah, that might make more sense. Because it kind of deadens the zing and zang a little bit. Yeah, I can... I can, I can it's good. with that. It's good. Yeah, it's, I um, yeah, I don't know. The only other Fijoa beer that I think I've knowingly had is the Wild exactly. Fijoa from Eight Wide. Eight Wide. And that's just phenomenal. Uh, also on tap, it's, it's quite strange seeing this kind of tap list um, and it's not the only this place uh, but Hill Farmsteader here on tap Crooked Stave Jolly Pumpkin uh, yep. Canteon on tap to be honest a lot of the locals appealed to me on the list yeah uh, they've, um, so they've got a collab with Molly Rose oh that's an interesting one I yeah, might have to I visit that one I think Sprit Sour ooh I can't believe I didn't get that first. yeah uh, and they've also got a collab with Collective Arts in Canada which was their uh, Good Beer Week beer uh, I think they've got some... Was uh, that dark or something though, was it? Yeah, it's a Milo it milkshake something. Yeah. Probably not my, my cup of No, your Milo. cup of Milo, yeah. Uh, I think what was your Milo strategy as a kid? Were you milk then Milo or Milo then milk? Look, I don't think I was ever really passionate about it to okay. have a, a militant Is that strategy. a real like Aussie thing, do you think? No, I think people get really... In general, people get Definitely, really hung yeah. up on those sorts of things. To be honest, I don't think it makes a difference. I'll tell you what does, does make a difference that people should uh, be ashamed of. It's the um, the method of really packing down the Milo in the bottom of the glass, then pouring the milk on top, and then like eating the using a spoon to scoop the Milo from the bottom through the milk and then eating it. The milk's yeah. only providing a shallow layer of protection before you got a mouthful of dust all over again. Yeah. So I don't think if if it was financial for us or just how we did it, yeah. but we would, didn't do all milk Milos as kids. Okay, I understand that's a thing. That's how most people had it. Yeah. But we I were, don't even know what you're talking about with not all normal. So we would do like a cup of tea, basically. Uh, I'll tell you why that's not that common here. Yeah. Because I'm prepared to say that a lot of people just had it cold. They didn't have it hot. Yeah, okay. No, the, yeah. So, so if we're doing a hot one, for sure. Uh, hot one, sorry. We'd do the cup, like a cup of tea, mostly yeah. water and a little sure. bit of milk. I've seen people do hot milk, full hot milk Milos. Oh, yeah, no, that's common. definitely a thing. Yeah. But like the reason why yeah, I'm the, the, the cold zeitgeist yeah, of using yeah. water is because you wouldn't do it with a cold yeah. one as readily, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after spending my life doing 
if I was doing a hot one, doing mostly water, yeah, having a full milk one was like just oh. changing your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess it's a lot of milk when you've got four kids and absolutely. And the amount of Milo and milk that I used to go through as a kid, like. If I was f- like fiscally responsible, I'd be like, "Don't do that." Yeah, <laughs> That's, you, <laughs> don't, you, you don't need that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they've got a, a beer with Collective Arts, um, but yeah, some really fun locals on tap. Uh, a couple of fun New Zealand ones as well. It's a it's good to see a fun balanced tap list. Yeah, um, it's not often you'd have like legit uh, industry leaders on tap, and then you see locals and go, "No, I think I want the locals." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and to be honest. I kind of like to try the local stuff. Mm. I'm curious. Speaking of good tap lists, uh, by the way, there's Please. no guest today. It's just us two. You're stuck with us. Yep. What did um, you guys think of the um, Mashed In episode? Was it fun? I thought it was good. Yeah. I think it was you a did short... a good job editing it. I yeah, think. Cool. I think it flowed pretty well and almost you wouldn't even know it was an edited conversation. Yeah, yeah. But did anyone watch it live? I'd be interested to know if you did or not live, but the entire live stream. How long does it stay up for? I think you can look at it on YouTube indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, check out facebook.com slash mashed in live mashed for their deets. Uh, I think they're, they're varying their shows well, so it's not going to be just there. They've got comedians and stuff coming yeah, okay. on. Yeah, Because so. Sean always had the background in comedy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks to those, those guys for having us on. We had a great time. Yeah, I dare say we'll probably do it again in yeah. the future. So stick around. Um, other good tapless around at the moment. This is probably Melbourne specific, but cop it. Uh, Exit bar next weekend, I think it is. Um, have their Hoptimus Festivus. Oh yeah, what's that? Pray tell. Um, so that's their basically beers kegged within that week. Okay. I think maybe even within a couple of days. That's cool. the rule. It has to be kegged. Awesome. For that. Um, so it's all IPAs. Um, they've got all the, IPAs for yep. that rule. Yep. Um, I love like a, just a great, just a pale, just a super fresh pale. Would really <laughs> yeah, work. yeah. Uh, so it's at Outgang Bar in Richmond. Um, they've got themselves, Exit, obviously, uh, Hawkers, Fixation, Hop Nation, Modus, Kaiju, Three Ravens, Westside, Our Works. That's awesome. What a good lineup Solid, that is. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping I get a chance to stick my head if in. If you and saw any one of those on any other list, knowing it's super fresh, yeah. you would go for that. Yeah, so yeah. If they're all together, that's great. Um, and it's cool those guys taking the uh, opportunity to, uh, I guess, push the freshness. Yeah. Speaking of freshness, uh, slight segue, or slight, sorry, diversion. I spoke to the guys from Ballistic last week. Oh, yeah. The national sales manager. I don't know too much about them. I've had their where, beers. Where are they from Queensland? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I've had and enjoyed their beers. They're only maybe 12 months old, but they've just launched a freshness so project. You hadn't enjoyed their beers? I had. I've had oh, yeah, and right. enjoyed their beers. They're on, um, yeah, spoke to them. They were launching their freshness project. Um, I can't remember what it's called, like Born. Not born to die, but something along those lines. Yeah, okay. Where it's eight-week packaging dates, um, and if there's any on shelves within eight weeks, they're going to pull them. Buy them back, okay. So they had released a New England IPA, uh, which was good. Not As people know, it's not my taste, yep. but they've got a uh, double IPA. Every single one, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a double IPA coming up next as well. So uh, really, and How wide is that spread from their tap room? Not far? As uh, wide enough as Melbourne. Wow. So they're making a bit of a push into Melbourne, um, seeing it as a... A market they want to get into. Do you th- how careful do they have to be with a project like that? Are we ready for that sort of short lifespan? I don't know if they're, they're not making huge amounts. Uh, so I guess they're making small amounts to commit to that. As, look, part of it is positioning their brand, so, so marketing. Yeah, yeah, fair that's, enough. Um, that's cool. I, I, I like that they're making that stand. 
and yeah, hopefully definitely. they can they can maintain it. Uh, I think we're going to get them on the show soon. I, I had a chat with them. and It'd be real fun. Are yeah. they coming down themselves or are they going to have a Melbourne rep? So they've got Melbourne rep, but the national sales manager's doing a bit of time back and forward. Cool. Um, other good Stay tap lists. Stay tuned. Yeah. Other good tap lists. Um, it's probably wrapping up now, but Carwin's just had their ba- their barrel week. It's just like, I agree with like the magnitude of quality that they put on Barrel Edge Beer Week, but like it was, I just, I didn't feel, I had no time where I was like, I'm definitely going too yeah. much. Yeah. How much Barrel Edge Beer can you have? Well, they had, say, for example, the Wild Fijawa Sour on. They had some other things. So, you know, Barrel it was, a, it was a mightily impressive list, but yeah. just not really what I'm looking for. They are really swinging for the fences with their events. Sure. Uh, it's, it's to be admired. A lot of them, I guess a lot of them I look at and think, man, that's a lot of expensive beer. I think that's but like that that's the sort of niche they've carved for themselves mm. though. And that's what people go there for. Mm. They've got I reckon there's no study you could do to confirm this, but I reckon like per punter, they've almost got punters that are prepared to spend more per visit than yeah, any yeah. other bar I could think of. Yeah, and that's cool. I I, I guess I don't want to knock that, seem like I'm knocking it. Um and I don't know Certainly. if I said it on mic before, but I had that one time where I went down there and there was some like disgusting blueberry imperial stout on, some Nordic oh, stout. Founders? Oh, it might have been yeah, Founders actually. It was like there was three like high vis dudes just smashing him, raving about how good it was, which is what they all had full pause. So I was like, this must be an incredible beer. It was toxic, but. Um, <laughs> Like if you, if you've got like a demo like that putting down God knows how much for that well, so that round that was us once upon a time, Brutal yeah, Tokyo. Guess, if that yeah. came on tap, I'd be straight down there cooing over it. If I went to if I no, I think Biro killed that oh, market for our generation because like I don't think I would have bought that sort of stuff not at Biro for five dollar a pint you, or whatever it was. Yeah. If if there was a Hill Farms here takeover. Five years ago, oh, you would have been. I would have taken a loan yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's it's kind of cool that, and I think this tapless what I'm saying, and, and not to knock Carwin because they also have reasonably priced beers. Yep. in amongst them as well, yep. and they also do the 150 pours as well. So yeah, yeah, that's a way to access it if you want. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's cool that there's some. It's only a positive. It's just not not my thing. I think. Yeah. Um, Garage Project also have a big takeover. Happening. Where's this? Is that uh, there's a beer mash? Is that at, right? No, it's at Beer Deluxe. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, that's on the fifteenth of this month. Of next month. Uh, next month, yep. sorry, September. Uh, and also starting this week is Our House Projects Pucker Up Sour Week. Oh right. Um, where they do like a week of you know rotating sour taps. Um, I, I just looked at it and I was like, man, there's a lot of even it's you know it's not good beer week right now. It's not anything right now. So many things happening. Um, also, Bendigo and the Hops happening this weekend. We've I know there's some like pretty fun looking sap takeover coming up at Beer Mash as well. Yeah, okay. Some maybe a launch of something. I can't think of what it is, but anyway, they had maybe Crooked Dave recently. Perhaps, yeah. Um, oh, is that been and gone? Is it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just in this little kind of segment of of half a month. Yeah, there was like insane beer stuff. Unbelievable happening. beers you can get around here. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a, a testament to what's happening in the in the beer world. 
if you're not in Vic and we haven't, and you you know that something awesome's happening around you, let us know and we'll talk about it. Because uh, as much as I have not participated that much in the Melbourne ones, I want to miss out. I want to like be jealous of other states. So well, that's the talk fun. To me. The fun of missing out. Um, yeah, exactly. Phil Cook's uh, thing. There's so many cool things happening that you don't have to go to all of them, and you're going to miss out. So, exactly. Uh, hey, I want to talk about some things that aren't beer for a bit. Sure. Fire away. I went to a whiskey tasting. Yeah, Sullivan Cove, right? Mm. They're a Tassie mob. Tassie based. They um, they won a ton of awards. Uh, most notably this year, or might have been last year. No, I think it was this one, the most recent um, single cask, best single cask whiskey in the world for their American oak cask. That's pretty – well, I don't know how whiskey widely entered and respected that award I think that particular is, one is a, awesome. a big one. Basically, I went along to Whiskey and Almond and they had a tasting of their new Whiskey and Almond bottling, which is a blend of two whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And Whiskey and Almond did it to show – they wanted to kind of prove that blends are as good as single cask. Uh, so they, they approached Sullivan's Cove and said, can we – can, I have, can we have access and we'll blend something and, you know. Because, like, I'm only just getting into whiskey myself pretty hard. I'm really enjoying it. Mm. Um, but is it the same thing with, like, uh, coffee in the sense that the single malt varieties are the most respected because of what you're getting out of a single malt? Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you step back and look at it, if you can blend together something crazy out of two things, then why is that... Look down upon. Well, yeah. So I think it, it's the same. Yeah, like a single cask whiskey. If you find that single cask that meets your expectations and does all those things that a blend does, there's less of it. It's harder to find. It's kind of a magic thing. Sure. So it's, it's more expensive and more sought after. But and that's I think was their their point was um, yeah you can blends are just as just as great. So they went down and blended and they ended up choosing a. 17-year-old American oak cask, which is, I think, they think it might be the oldest whiskey that's ever gone into a bottle in Australia. Wow. So already that's fierce. And, like, for a single... It's sort of crazy they would let them use that particular... Well, so they never... They wanted to make it a single a single cask offering, but it never really quite had everything they needed. It just didn't quite hit that note for a single cask offering. Oh, I see. So it's sort of like... Got, fell by the wayside, that well, particular so barrel. so they've got a lot of old barrels, and it's my understanding that they're really patient. They're really just holding things back. That's how you should do that sort of thing, yeah. Um, and so it's 80% of that and 20% of 11-year-old um, port cask French oak. Which still, when you're talking about Australian whiskey, is still pretty it's old. It's still pretty old, yeah. Um, so for the tasting, we had their normal double cask, which I think retails for 170 ish the American and their tawny or American version and a, a French oak version that were, you know, they, they retail for 400 plus kind sure. of thing. I think they've had bottlings for 700 plus. Um, and then the blend. The blend was stunning. Uh, and I think they were selling it for 235. Um, not, I mean, I hate putting prices, but that gives you some perspective yeah, of yeah, where of that sits. Uh, and amazing. Like, just gorgeous stuff. I think... Immediately when I tasted the American oak, I was like, can't imagine getting better than this. Tasted the French and, ah, oh, beautiful for different reasons. My first couple of experiences with the, the blend of the two, wasn't feeling it and then it finally sort of came together for me and 
made a lot of sense. Really sure. interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. What are you liking in the whiskey world? Uh, I'm liking just exploring the world and sort of, because I'm so new to it, I want to like calibrate myself mm. and get bits of everything so I know what the varying um, flavor profiles are. I, I don't know, like I'm loving, oh, any of the Highlands Coast whiskey is really ticking boxes for me. Mm. I'm a peat monster, so yeah, anything super peaty is fun for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just sort of like filling in those colours of the worldwide little corners and seeing what the differences are is mm. where I'm at at the moment anyway. Um, whiskey and Almond do tastings on weekends. Right. Where they do, I think it's whis- uh, Whiskey 101 and then they, they've recently started a, a sort of a next level of that. Can highly recommend them. Yeah, um, that does it, sound good. We went to one and they did the final, it was so educational, I learned so much. And the final one, they did a sherry and then the sherry cask whiskey that was – so you could taste the – Yeah, yeah, the influence, um, yeah. Really interesting. And, the, and, like, every time I go there, I'm so impressed with their knowledge. Yeah, whenever I – it's sort of become a thing where whenever I'm waiting in the city for anyone, it's pretty close to where I work. So I just pop along and have a Boilermaker or two while I'm waiting and mm. explore around a little bit. And, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. stuff there. Yeah, I re- yeah, definitely. And they, their staff are always the same. Yeah. Like they've been the same. Be. Yeah. I think the two owners and then Luke, who's a, a freelance writer. And there's a girl well. that works there that has been so there the last Brooke, few times that I've been I there. Think. Oh, maybe, yeah. Pretty sure that's her name. Anyway, love those guys. I also um, enjoy Boilermaker House. It's a bit more expensive, but they're extremely thoughtful with the way they go about their house Boilermakers. Mm. So I don't know if you've been there recently for a Boilermaker. Not for uh, maybe a year or so. Yeah, so I don't know if they did it then, but they. Um, uh, I only imagine it's thoughtful because everything that we had was bang on, but they also have a little um, nibble that they match with their yeah, pairings yeah. as well. Yeah. And that almost made some of the pairings. Yeah, so, okay. like, that sort of extra little, the extra mile almost uh, makes you not worry about the price difference so much. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. You're, paying, you're paying for those thoughtful things yeah, in sure. all those cases. For sure. Well, at least one, at least there was a little bit of carrot cake with one... Oh, um, great. One pairing. And yeah. it made both of them pop. Yeah. It was perfect. Awesome. Yeah, it made the pair. That's fun. I, yeah. I, I, li- I love the outside-the-box nature of that kind of thing. Yeah, because the, 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 the first one I got had um, a pairing of some, like, um, chili-dusted, like, uh, like a peanut, you know, like a, um, almost like a barbecue mix of, like, a mm. peanut and mm. a... Uh, grain wave and a soya yeah, crisp yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So I thought they just gave that as a little nibble with the whiskey, but then every different one had a differently matched little nibble with it. And uh, yeah, good. Yeah, right. Enjoyable. Um, speaking of whiskey, I went to a gin tasting by Suntory Beam, who are maybe they're the biggest whiskey-related company in the world. Right. Uh, Jim Beam, obviously. Suntory, they do... Um, Yamazaki, a lot of the Japanese stuff. Okay. And they've released a, a gin under their, I think it's its own label. It's called Roku. Uh, it was a weird tasting. It was at a fancy Japanese restaurant in the city, um, Kisame. Have you heard of this place? No. It's uh, the guys that do Chin Chin and oh, okay. all those other places. Yeah, and right. It's really high-end Japanese. Um, and so they've released this gin that's they're calling it Roku because Roku's six in Japanese oh yeah and 
it's got six Japanese botanicals plus like eight other oh, regular gym botanicals. Uh, okay. <laughs> so they're like, really when like saying themselves. six botanicals, you know, calling it Roku because of six botanicals. I'm like, oh, where's the juniper? That's, you know. And then they're like, oh, and we've also got coriander. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, oh, all right. So, I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. And it was really interesting. They that's had like, a, if that's going to be your brand, that's where your story is anyway. So you're talking about those six yeah, botanicals yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's fair enough. And like they were, to, absolutely to their credit, the, the tasting was really well thought through. They had one of the master distillers who's been there for 30 or 40 years. Um, he had to speak through a translator. That's, uh, that's good. That's yeah, a, yeah. A, a way, way more fun than... And you don't English speaking. Yeah, right. Right? yeah. Don't come don't bring someone over to, from Japan that speaks English. Um, if what you're saying can't be translated through someone else, then I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. The um, and I thought they were talking they talked a lot about the packaging, the bottle's six sided, all this kind of stuff. And like there's a lot of details in the packaging. I'm like, all right, let's let's not spend the sure. whole thing talking about packaging. <laughs> um, but to their credit, they ended up uh, so they gave us a gin and tonic on the on the entrance, um, and then in front of us there was three glasses. One of them had the normal gin. One of them had the so they blend a few different dis- distillates. So yep. they uh, distill one with yuzu, and they distill one with sakura flour, and then one with all the other ingredients, and they blend them through. Sure. So they gave us the yuzu and the sakura as their own yep. thing. Cool, good educational. Yeah, yeah. really interesting. Uh, the yuzu one was just gorgeous. Its own, you know, it could be its own thing. The sakura one, well, it was interesting. It wasn't great. It was kind of earthy. But then you have them both on the gin, and you could taste them all. And I did a sneaky blend of my two sure, sakura and course, y- yeah. uh, yuzu, and it was delicious. Did um, you have a quiet word to the master distiller and go, listen? I mean, if you want to hire me as a contractor, yeah. I've got a pretty sick blend. Yeah, I've got a good idea yeah. here. What did you do? 80-30? Nah, nah, wrong. Nah, nah. <laughs> 82-28 is what I'm... No, that doesn't make any sense. Neither does 80-30, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maths is now yeah, a strong yeah, point, yeah. yeah. And I was... I'm going to blame you on that one because I was going off your numbers. Um, yeah, that's fair. I'll take yeah. that. Um, yeah, really interesting. I mean, those... That's a huge company. I, I can't even think of... Like, they own Buffalo Trace and I think Eagle Rare. So, a lot of the bourbons, um, I'm sure they own distilleries in Scotland. But it was a really careful thought through tasting yeah uh oh we also got like little bites really delicious like i got an oyster and some really nice sushi and it was fun yeah yeah oysters and gin probably goes together pretty well though yeah yeah i I was into that for sure yeah Um, nice yeah at the the same time as my whiskey journey i'm also on gin gin's so like vibrant that it's really enjoyable thing to have have you ever done a gin boiler maker no well i have well i have in the sense that I spent so long trying to figure out what the term for a gin boiler maker is. I think we just call them boiler makers now, right? But that's not true. That's not. That's not correct, though. Uh, okay. I mean, like for the function yeah, of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have. Um, the, I, at Whiskey and Element, they had Doc's um, tonic. Oh, yep. That was a pretty natural um, match for anything. I guess, any sort of gin. Um, I was enjoying just having some uh, spicy. Whip beers with gin. Yeah, that's that fun. was working for me. I don't know how to pe- pair things the, yet. So the best one I, what I used to do for a while there was when I first got into gin. Uh, for no Westwinds, Westwinds gins I find them quite citrusy. Um, paired with 
the Mornington Peninsula Pale. Yep. Uh, really fun. Citrusy gin, pale ale. The gin kind of adds that fatty, sort of more body where it's that. That's kind of sure, a thin beer. Yeah. So. How do you pair hoppy beers with whiskey? I don't know how to do it myself. I, you go for vanilla, I guess. Okay. Like bourbon. So more it's like a sweeter. Okay. So I've done a lot of like, so hoppy beer boilermakers that are like rye IPAs. You know that, um, what's a Sierra Nevada rye IPA? What was that called? Don't know. Did they even have one? Who am I thinking of? Don't know. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, you know that kind of spicy but sure. big West Coast yeah. rye style with a, a rye bourbon. Gorgeous. Oh, right. Really okay. Fun. Spicy but you're getting vanilla from the bourbon and you're getting hops from and citrus from the... Yeah, okay. Um, I think the best boilermaker I ever had was a... Brendan um, at the time is at Josie Bones, mm-hmm. uh, now at Three Ravens. It was... Canteon Rose Gambrinus, mm-hmm. which is on tap here, incidentally. Yep. Uh, with a peaty... Oh, is that what they have here? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think they're my favourite of their course. Yeah, I probably agree, yeah. Um, with a really peaty whiskey um, and a boiler ma- Boilermaker. Yeah, I can see He that. did a tasting that was a Boilermaker tasting. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. And when he when it was listed, I was just like, why would you sully either of these things? You know what I mean? Like, either of these things separately is amazing. Why pair them with anything? And then I had it like, oh, that, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, great. It was the first time I ever met Scott. That's now at Bad Shepherd. The uh, oh yeah, Rick. Um, Scott Thompson. Yeah, it was when he was a uh, beard face. Yeah, finding his fa- finding his feet in the beer world. Yeah, and he's found him and he's ran with him. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Should have given up on it. Um, do you want to hear about another non-beer thing that I did this week? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. I went to a champagne tasting. Go on. Uh, Why? Oh, I love me some champagne. Sorry? I love me some champagne. I don't really know if I like champagne, but uh, quite often on Mondays they have trade tastings in the wine industry. Yep. And working at Otter's Promise, Dan, the owner there, uh, quite often sends me and says, do you want to come to this? So we do occasional trade tastings on a Monday. And this was the largest ever champagne tasting in Australia. Oh, where was it? Uh, the Regent Theatre. Oh, okay. Downstairs in this really opulent old ballroom. Uh, and it was, I think there was 69. Insert your own whatever. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, insert, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Different champagne houses. And I think there was roughly 300 different champagnes on show. Mostly a trade tasting, but then it was open to the public at 130 bucks a ticket sure, afterwards. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we just kind of wanted. I'm thinking, like, how long did you have? Uh, if you're a punter, how long did you have? Don't know. So the punters came after us. Because so like 130 bucks probably isn't crazy, given the value of what you're probably tasting. Some of those bottles, um, before they before they get into shops, you know, you're, you're, the shops are buying them for 300 ish. Some of them, I think, I had a 2,000 year vintage something. Um, and you know, you, you, I don't think you can really buy that. Or if you can, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And if you, sure. if you're buying as a, a in a restaurant, it's probably going to cost you a grand. Um, so yeah, the reason why I had the opportunity to go taste some champagne. Yeah, there. yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think I love champagne. No, it was interesting. I uh, a lot of the same flavors across them all. Eddie. Um. <laughs> Uh, We're just so fraternising with some locals here. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, mind us. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
I, I guess to, to show you to show you the reason, uh, I guess to clarify my thoughts on the whole the whole day, I was looking for to find that aha moment with champagne, mm-hmm. and then I bumped into um, a guy I know who has a small wine bar in Flemington uh, called Modest Hue. Uh, what? Called Modest Hue. Oh, I thought it was a racial slur. Yeah. No. Nope. Okay. Um, and I know that he's he knows his shit. And I was like, what should I taste? We'll point me to the champagne. And he's like, uh, you know, you're going to taste bruised apple. You're going to taste acidity. These guys are pretty good. That's about it. Like, okay, cool. That's kind of what I'm tasting and whatever. Sure, yeah. There were some really interesting um, – the older ones had some really interesting characters. The one noticeable thing, though, the shit stuff, there was some really, like, low, cheap stuff yeah. there, was noticeably bad. That's so, a hand, I reckon that's a handy reference point to have, though. Mm. If you can just know a good bottle of champagne, yeah. that's really a basic, a basic skill to have, yeah. but probably key if you have to make that sort of selection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, it was... It was interesting. A couple of them were like Dan Murphy exclusives or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'll taste them. Because I'm, I'm thinking the really expensive bottles aren't that great. And then you taste the bad ones. And you're like, oh, no, that's shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that's almost – if you're going to go to a shampoo, like a, such a specific tasting, you almost want to taste some shit ones just so you can like have a more rounded reference point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I think I – would happily drink like there was some that I'd happily drink, and I immediately had that moment of, oh, I can see myself eating oysters, sitting in the sunshine. Summer, and this would be the best. Champagne's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that would be like the happiest moment. Um, but I probably wouldn't seek it out to buy a bottle. But yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, nice. I spent four and a half hours tasting champagne. That's so. too much time for any champagne. I was spitting a lot. Yeah, of it. okay. Um, I was. I mean, getting, no, but I mean, just like palate fatigue. Just yeah, yeah. I went and had a uh, straight afterwards. I went and had a. Oh, I think it was a Bolter session. No, sorry, it was a Stonerwood Garden Ale perfect. at the Great Northern. That's the perfect and way to a um, basket of chips and. Oh, perfect! Yeah, <laughs> I'm enjoying that more now. Yeah, I agree. Actually, each sip has become more enjoyable. The, the Fijoa is really coming through. How old is that Golden Drake hat? Uh, f- six years. Yeah. Okay. It's cool, huh? I like it. Yeah, but it has that sort of like. I like. I don't even worn. I just said to you, it's cool. You can't. No, even I, agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's got an old man vibe to it, which I'm really digging. It's got like a worn, sort of beat up look to it, but I haven't seen it before. I may have seen it once before. I do enjoy Golden Drac. Yeah, it's one of those classic Belgian beers that you probably I probably wouldn't drink it all the time, but when I have it, I'm like, yeah. It's yeah, good. I remember once um, when I was in Ackland Cellars when they were like a cool place to go because they had all these great imports that you could never find anywhere. Um, I went there and the, the guy behind the, uh, behind the counter was like pretty passionate about beer and he's like, we've got all these beers, but like we haven't got my favorite beer of all time. And I was like, what's your favorite beer of all time? And he's like, can't remember what it's called, and this is actually pretty hilarious the way he told it, given uh, how things unfold. He's like, can't think of what it is, but it's a Belgian beer. It's just perfect. I had it. I just pulled it off the shelf, had it at room temperature. It was amazing. Uh, I can't think of what the name is, but it's a white bottle, and it's got sort of like a, a golden dragon on it. And I was like, oh, I tattooed it in my mind. And then like years later, I think I found it in slow beer, and I was like, 
Oh shit! There's that white bottle with the golden dragon on the it. Golden dragon. Called? It's golden dragon. That's probably golden dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Yeah. We went to the brewery, uh, Emma and I, and she fell on their pond. Obviously, I want to ask if there's alcohol involved. I mean, there was, and golden drug I think is seven or eight percent, and maybe we maybe more than that. I think. Yeah, perhaps, yeah, and we tried their two core. Can't remember the name of the, uh, what are they? Can't remember the name of the overall yeah. brewery, but we tried we tried a lot of really high alcohol things, uh, but only to tasters. Yeah. But then there was a group photo going down with the people we were with, and I remember them saying, "Someone said, Emma, just go step on that rock, and it was around a pond." Sure. So she stepped onto the rock, and I was like, "Well, this is going to go badly. Like always, going to go badly. This is." And it was fine. Just go step on that po- uh, rock next to the pond. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we're all gathered around Frauds, the pond. Yeah. And she, yeah. And got the photo, worked well, and she was stepping off, and I was just thinking, man, no one fell into the pond. And just as I thought that, Emma stood onto another rock, and it wobbled, and it wobbled, and then it fell, and she went straight in. And she had a moment of like, I could see it in her face of like, this is happening, I'm just, I can't fight it. And she just kind of sat in the pond. Um, You're like, uh, I can't minimise how wet I'm going to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I'm just wet now. Yeah, yeah, yeah like if yeah. I flail, it's going to yeah, get worse. Yeah. Um, I think we had maybe an hour's worth of cycling to get back to our place, and uh, fortunately, the people we were with, you know, helped help. We got free beers out of it, and now I'm wearing the hat. Yeah, nice. Yeah, very good. Um, speaking of Belgium, Belgium, Zwanza Day is coming up. Sure is. We don't have a clarified venue, do we? We sure or do. We do. We mentioned them earlier. Carwin Sellers. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, details aren't launched, but Zwanza Day for people that don't know is the Cantillon's annual tapping. Uh, global beer celebration of Lambic. Uh, How long I'm, has it been going for? Oh, I don't know. Uh, not that long. Not as long as you might think. And, like not as long as its own tradition might suggest. Yeah, yeah like it started. Oh, let me think about this for a moment. It started really like ad hoc, where they were doing something, and then another bar in the US said, "Oh, I want to do that too," and then it kind of ballooned from there. Sure. So, Shit, from memory, fifteen years old. Oh, I, was I could be way off. Fifteen years, yeah. Um, so they're doing this. The, like. There's a few things now where like there's a uh, concerted effort to get everything tapped at the same time. But I mean, like yeah, this yeah, takes yeah. it to the umpteenth level, yeah. globally and what have you. So yeah. it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I think I'll head along. Um, I interestingly, I was in Italy last year for Zwanza, and they had a um, Sangiovese barrel aged Cantillon which I think was only an exclusive for Italy on tap at some places and now this year's Zwanza is similar to that at Sangiovese and a different wine barrel yeah, right. blended so I think I might, like, might have tasted a precursor and it was delicious so. yeah nice it's one of those events where like I went a couple of years ago when it was at um, the Belgian Beer Cafe yeah and I had a great time but those entirely sour beer events like I don't know if I – it's not uh, must-do for me because, like, that's a killer. Yeah, like, yeah. That, like, it's a lot of acid in your system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's, it's an onslaught on your palate as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, you almost have to, like, plan your tasting, especially because, like, you can you can just like, – always they have other Cantillon beers on tap that you can have before they tap um, a Zwanzi beer. And if you 
brutalize your palate before that comes up. It's almost like you're not even going to appreciate yeah, the Zwanzi yeah. beer. Because um, interestingly, this year it's on Grand Final Day. Yes, which is great because. I don't really care about the football. I sure. love the football. But, uh, no, but, but also, like, especially in the case where it's at somewhere like the Belgian Beer Cafe, I can't imagine that Carwin would attract the same sort of crowd. But, like, it's if you, if you can, like, take away on a weekend day the fact that, like, the possibility of having a football crowd there, that's amazing. So Carwin have always done the we don't show the footy and they've always made a point of it. Grand final, if you don't want to watch it, come down here. So it's kind of fitting that they, uh, they've they got it. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, uh, the other thing they had at the one in Italy was two casks of German Calabria uh, on tap. Oh, what a godsend that must have been. Yeah, so... Just like, a little reset every few beers, yeah. Well, we got there, and so you had to get there at like six to buy get your ticket for Zwanza before it was tapped at nine. So we got there and they had three cantons on tap, the rhubarb one, the one that I mentioned, the red wine, Sangiovese one, and then regular Gerza. And then they had the two Calabers. And then maybe, I can't remember how many taps they've got, 18 or something. And the rest are all fun Italian beers. And so I sat down, I had like four beers. I'm like, I don't really need to stay. <laughs> like this is... I've had a great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These are amazing beers. Um, good pub. If you're, ever in, if you're ever in Italy, it's called, I can't remember the Italian word, but they look up football pub. Football pub. Yeah. There's always people inside watching the footy. Nice. Um, and there was people inside this little downstairs room where people were watching the football and they didn't really seem to move. It's just happening around them. Nice. Great pub. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Really small place. Um, we didn't have a, did we have a Zwanzi location last year? Not did in skip Melbourne. Australia? Oh, I was in yeah, Perth what, maybe, was it? I think it was Adelaide. Adelaide? I don't Adelaide, know. yeah. Sorry, I just got sent uh, from, um, and this is, this is actually might seg, seg into the next conversation. Perfect. Uh, I got sent, my friend Salty is doing the teeth. He must have some mixed lollies. He's got the teeth. and he's put oh, them the in teeth his, lollies, yeah. Okay. He's put them in his teeth and he's uh, sent me a Snapchat of this. Uh, Pretty classic sort of yeah, gear. Yeah. Good gag. Yeah. Um, speaking of Salty and Hypothecon. How many... How many sales, it's hard to quantify, but like gag factor, that candy is through the roof. Oh, it's great. No one cares about, I couldn't even tell you what it tastes like. Sugar. Yeah, sugar. Yeah. yeah. Tastes like good times. Doesn't it? you've just yeah. done the good gag. Um, so we've got a Patreon, Dave. We do. If you sign up for ours at any level, $1, and then you sign up for Hypothepod, the Hypothetical Institute podcast, at any level... You'll get a free lapel pin. What? What sort of lapel pin? Uh, I think if you look at my chest, yeah. my eyes are up here, but you can look sure. at my chest for a little bit. Yeah. It's a shiny cooked unit lapel pin. Sunglasses model, cooked units. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, sign up to Any our, level. Any level. But you have to sign up for two. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, signing up for ours gets you a lot of good stuff. Signing up for the other one gets you a lot of good stuff. You may as well. Absolutely. Now, do we want to refresh our beers? Good idea. And I see a couple of empty glasses on the table. And come back with some recommendations. Love it.
And we're back. I can see that we both have refreshed glasses. We what do. What is going on here? Do you want to taste them and see what they taste like, Sure, Dave? that's fun. I wish we were doing this on video so it wasn't just silence. Wow, it, that's really good. That's not as good, I imagine. Oh, no. It's one of our favourites. Oh, really? Knowing what that is, I like it. Yeah. Um, that's fun, whatever that is. So, the one that you didn't like so much mm-hmm. is the barrel-aged Wild Saison from La Sarin. Okay. Uh, and then we've got the Molly Rose Mr. West Collab. Oh, yeah, nice. Which is a rhubarb orange sour. Okay, kind of a medicinal marzipan sort of thing from the... From the... La Sarin one, yeah. It's interesting going between the two because the rhubarb sour is obviously... Clean sweeter and, and spritzier and but it's just spritzy and clean and yeah. zinging yeah they're calling it the Aperol Spritz sure Dave do you have recommendations no uh, how about you go and then I'll think of them on the fly sure. in a panic and I might sweat so my first one uh, I'm going to do non-beer no I'll do beer first here at Mr West as well I was here last weekend and they have bought in some beer farm beers yeah okay uh, from WA which uh, I know a little bit about they're a farm brewery. I, I don't know if they were set up with Young Henry's or something at some point. Okay. And then it split off. I don't know what the whole thing was there. But I've been hearing really good things about them. Uh, and they've bought in their IPA. They had their lager on tap, which was really nice. And then they also had their native, I think it was native finger lime uh, New England IPA. So I grabbed a can of their New England and a can of their IPA and had them at home. Both gorgeous. Both good? Nice. The New England one especially was, um, it was in that hazy style, but not overtly crazy, grossly hazy. It was just really, really fruity, really lovely to drink. Uh, so yeah, Beer Farm beers, they're, they're kind of new to me. I've, they've been on my radar for a while, uh, but yeah, highly recommended. Uh, if you see them, get them. Nice. I'm in a panic for beer. Um, Should I just do a non-beer and then you go? Go for a non-beer and then I'll do two. So I've been watching, I've been binging on this show on SBS called King of the Road. Do you know about King of the Road? No, I don't. Uh, I'm a big time skateboarding fan. I used to skateboard. I still own skateboards. King of the Road, basically they get, it's a reality TV show. Uh, it's a between, it's so Viceland and Thrasher magazine have come up with it. Where they get three teams of skateboarders and they send them, they give them a book of challenges and they just send them out on America and say, you need to be in this city by this day. Here are your challenges. And the challenges are some of them a bit, a bit crass, like, you know, do a shit in the van kind of a thing because it's a skateboarding thing. In the van? Yeah. What van? Well, they're all in a van to each team's in their own van. Does that have to be like a location specific shit in the van? No, no, that one's a general one. Oh, okay. Um, Seems like an easy challenge to uh, to. Do you want to shit in a van full of people? No, but I mean, if that's my obligation as the program, then I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. and there are a lot of those obligations. Yeah, okay. There are a lot of guys that you know you have to get a tattoo um, over your eyebrows, for example. You got to get the worst haircut. All those little things. Okay. But the thing I like about it because some of those are a little bit, they're not great to watch. Um, we all watched Jackass in the late nineties. Absolutely. Probably don't need to relive that too much, but they have really good skateboarding challenges where it's like. They just come up with random, random tricks or like ollie downstairs is as many stairs as your age. So if you're 20 years old, you have to ollie down 20 stairs. Cool. Okay. I don't know if you can picture 20 stairs, but that's Sounds a, like a lot of stairs. injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's, you know, do a crazy trick. But also like what comes to mind for me is like, I don't know if you can picture 20 stairs, but what I picture is like 
a lot older people than that. Well, so the youngest guy on the team always has to do it. Oh, and, I see. And, okay, and the cool yeah. thing is the team's always made up of like guys that aren't really professional yet that have to prove themselves and the old guys that can just kind of do things. So there's a good mix of like young guys just trying to really win. Like it's, you know, they're skating with some of the best people in the world to yeah. win favour. It's... A really, if you have any interest in skateboarding or just reality TV, it's a really fun thing to watch. That is a fun one. Uh, I've watched all three seasons and I'm re-watching them again. A lot of fun. Nice. Uh, I'll give my non-beer first because I'm struggling with a beer one, to be completely honest with you. Um, uh, if you didn't listen to the full show of Mashed In, you won't have heard this now, but... <laughs> uh, I've been listening to um, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History podcast recently... And it's amazing. It really is amazing. He's an amateur historian um, who just has a real knack for conveying historical events using a collated sources of history. Um, he's a combat, so he's a he's an ancient combat nerd a bit. So right. a lot of them are based around um, uh, combat events, but I mean. Each one is a few hours long and it goes into good detail. And also, like, some great context put around um, some of the events that are explained. And it's inc- it's really enjoyable. It's pure enjoyment, but it's also you have to concentrate. I During the week, I was, like, walking around the park during my one of my lunch breaks and my mind wandered, and I came back and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I've got to go back to, yeah, I don't yeah. know, three minutes? I don't know how long I'm going to, but I've got to go back till I remember what's happening. Because, uh, yeah, if you stop concentrating, then you'll get lost um, in some of the uh, ancient names, at least, and knowing which names belong to which side of whatever fight you're talking about yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, I, I don't know if you can... like fantasy books for that reason. Sure, yeah. Because I don't know if you can pick the difference um, between... Persian names and Byzantine names, like oh well, yeah, obviously, obviously that one's an easy one. Yeah, but, uh, yeah in, bad example. What else? Exactly. You got? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dan Cullen's hardcore history. Spotify has, I think, the most recent ten shows, um, but I think there's fifty or sixty shows currently available. It's going to be weeks worth of content, uh, but you can, I think, you can get access to the complete volume for like ten dollars. So I would recommend doing it. It's fascinating. Yeah, good one. Fascinating. I've heard nothing but good things about that. So yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Um, I'll, shit, I got to think of beer. What Holy have you enjoyed moly. today? Anything that uh, you've enjoyed? What have I enjoyed today? I think this one is my most enjoyed one today. I Which think Molly Rose doesn't get enough credit. because I agree with you. And I'll, I'll, I will make this a recommendation. Because I don't know if you thought about it too much while you've had it. But like... It is an Aperol Spritz, aroma-wise. It's the same. It's a, it's the same um, experience essentially. It changes yeah. a little bit because did you say rhubarb? Yeah, yeah rhubarb and a little bit of yeah. rhubarb in it. So that sort of takes you out of the Aperol Spritz sort of thing. But it's almost on the money, and it looks good, and it is delicious. Uh, Do you recall what it's called? Uh, I think it's just called Aperol Spritz. So it's a the collab Aperol between Spritz. Mr. West and, and these Mr. And, West and, and Molly, Molly Rose. Rose. So I tell you what my recommendation might be if you see a Molly Rose beer get get a, get a Molly Rose beer. Um, so Molly Rose is in planning for things at the moment. Uh, hopefully Nick doesn't mind me saying that he's got big plans and from what I understand there's there's good things happening with that. 
uh, I think we should probably get Nick on this show. He's yeah. a lovely dude, uh, and he's everything I've had of his has been really impressive. And uh, working at Otter's Promise, his beers don't seem to move that much. They don't have many of them, but he's got a strawberry sour, which is gorgeous. Um, I'm pretty sure everything is wild ferment and barrel aged, and really, really lovely stuff. So um, yeah, good one. Very good. Where do people find you, Dave? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Mel Dave. To be fair, I mean I haven't really been that active on either of those platforms, but that's where you can find me. I Send tagged me you on email. something the other day and you didn't RT. Oh so, really? Yeah. What was it? Was it? Oh, funny? photos of you. Oh, okay. a photo of you. Oh, was it? Was it? I look fantastic. Of course, Dave. You always look fantastic. Yeah, if I didn't look fantastic, maybe I wouldn't have uh, <laughs> retweeted it. Um, send me an email, Dave at aleofatime.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Ale of a Time. We'll probably talk about it more after we turn the mics off, but we're going to be in the plans of some more Patreon beers. So if you like Southern Brute, if you like Patronus, well, you already know what's up. But um, (laughs) yeah, if you're interested in some uh, exclusive Patreon-specific beers, get involved. It will happen. They will be fun. I'm pretty excited. Yep. Um, you can find me at Isle of a Time, uh, isleofatime.com, obviously. Hypothopod, uh, Hypothetical Institute for the Conspiracy Stuff. Yep. Uh, if you're listening either on release date or near the release date, it's Father's Day coming up. So what would you buy your father if you had the chance, Luke? Uh, uh, look, he's already got a copy of my book, Keg Bottle Can, out in all good bookshops, perfect for Father's Day. So I'd probably buy him a Rolling Stones related thing because he loves oh, the Rolling yeah. Stones. But let's say your dad didn't have a copy of oh, Keg Bottle Can. Hands down, he'd get a copy of Keg Bottle Can. Uh, best beers for every occasion in every good bookshop. It right really now. is, yeah. Don't if if you fucking hey anyone out there if you fucking buy your dad any copy of any Scott Pape, the Barefoot Investor. If you buy him any of those books. I'm personally going to come around and cut you. I'll tell you what, is that, who's, is that who Barefoot Investor is? Yeah. Okay, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll give you one thing for free, okay? Uh, the smartest tip the Barefoot Investor gives out when talking about uh, luxury items is his first recommendation is to buy a copy of a keg bottle can. Probably, probably. So, so don't even worry about that. All the best seller windows, no, no. go past all those big billboards saying buy this for Father's Day. Go right to the cooking food. Hey, it's such a good book. Would you need a billboard for it? Right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.